Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. This is Pastor Greg and it is nice to start season three of the Bad Preaching Podcast. After we took a break over the holidays, I'm here with Pastor Brad. Uh, how are you today, Pastor Brad? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good to see you and a great Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, we have a guest with us today. So, yep. Pastor Brad, why don't you introduce our guest? Our guest today is Pastor Travis Gore. Travis, how are you doing? I'm good, Brad. How are you? Good. <laughs> good. Well, Travis is no stranger to a lot of you that are listening, whether it be across the state or here at Nortonsville. We're just just excited to have him on the on the program today. And there's just a lot of things we would like to talk about with Bishop Travis Gore. So are you okay with that if we ask you a lot of questions? I am. All right. Tell us a little bit about growing up in a pastor's home. We understand you were a PK. So uh, just just talk about that a little bit if you don't mind. So my dad got called into ministry uh, out of the Stafford Church of God. Okay. And uh, we uh, left there in 1983 and went to the... Matthews Church of God um, down in the uh, Tidewater area outside of Gloucester, uh, and served a few years. Uh, served a few years there, and um, we left there. And you know, back in the, those days, it was every you know two, three, or four years pastors Move. moved. Yeah, wow. it wasn't a whole wow. lot of longevity. <laughs> so we uh, left there and went to Front Royal Virginia, which is up in Northern Virginia, and mm-hmm. he spent uh, spent four years there. Uh, I left there in the middle of my eighth grade year. That was a tough one. We'd been there a while, had a lot of friends. Um, So we left there, moved to Tazewell, Virginia, down southwest Virginia. Mm. That was another short stint, lasted about two years. Middle of my sophomore year, we left there. That was a tough one, too. And finally landed in Roanoke, Virginia. Dad took a break for a while, just went through some a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, um, mm-hmm. as you well know, sure. being the lead pastor. Absolutely. And uh, so we, he took a little time off, no mm-hmm. no moral failure, nothing like that, just need to catch his breath. And mm-hmm. um, spent a couple years there, and then they ended up down in Franklin, Virginia, which is outside of Suffolk, Chesapeake area. I was getting ready to go to Lee from there, and uh, I only spent a few months there for the summer, and then I went to Lee, and they stayed there, made a couple more moves, finally finally retired and hung it up, and uh, they're now in Myrtle Beach, living the dream down there. Um, <laughs> but I guess I was you know, 83 till I left for college in 94, so 11 of those years I was in the home. As a PK. As a PK. Pastor's kid. How many schools did you end up? So I think I counted sometime back. I think I did 10 schools in my my school career. Wow. Pastor Brad was a PK as well. How many schools did you do? Uh, I know I went to three different high schools. At least three. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 different schools. 10 different schools. One place that we lived. I did three different schools in one place that we lived. They were all grade schools. A couple (laughs) couple Christian schools, a public school. Wow. Wow. That was probably the toughest part. Mm -hmm. So so tell us, and, and there might be some preacher's kids listening or maybe some pastors who have children at home. How did you... Um, I don't know what the right word cope with that or what was your strategy in dealing with those transitions yeah. as a young person. So early on when you're in grade school it's cool to move, you know, they mm. move pull the moving truck up and we're packing up. It's always <laughs> exciting. Right. Uh, as you got a little bit older it wasn't nearly as much fun cuz you build a friend group and then mm. you leave that friend group and right. uh, so really you know the only the way that you cope with it, you just you just kind of you, you you hop on the bus so to speak, and you go along and you make friends, and 
you just embrace, you know, where you are. Uh, and I knew it was part of the calling part of, you know, I never resented that, never had any ill will toward that. Uh, you know, the, the move in high school was really difficult. Mm-hmm. That one was tough. Um, you know, need a lot of grace on that one for to really get through that one. But, you know, I just tried to, to make the best of it and find friends and make connections. And, uh, you know, it's just, but it's, we understood it as part of life. It is part of, a lot the, of the life of ministry. It was. And yep. God is faithful. He is. God is faithful. He's gracious to our families. And there is a special, you, you use the term, a special grace. There is. For that. Let's, let's talk about your conversion. Uh, when did you come to know the Lord? I mean, you know, being raised in the church, you're around it all the time. Um, you know, I, I probably didn't get... I was never a bad kid. I didn't do the party scene. I didn't do, that was my brother's. That wasn't me. Um, (laughs) You know, I never really had, you know, a desire to do that. But about seven, when I was 17, uh, we were at a winter, a winter fest. And that's when Mm -hmm. they were doing the old Gatlinburg convention center. They would do, they would do multiple, uh, multiple services to accommodate the crowds. And uh, it was Mm -hmm. there on a, it was a Saturday night service, I believe. I knew the call of God was all my life. I was prepared to go off to school, be a communications major, be in sports broadcasting. Really, was my dream. And uh, I knew the call of God was on my life. And I don't even remember who the preacher was. I knew it was Rich Wilkerson. Rich was preaching. Okay. And he said, uh, wow. if you want to really get serious with God and sell out to him and answer the call on your life, I want you to stand and turn around and face the back wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew at that I knew. So I just stood mm-hmm. up, turned around, faced the back wall. And... Uh, I don't know if that was really, I mean, it's almost like I came out of the womb saved. I don't know, but I just, that was really at 17. Yeah. 17 was kind of that catalyst for me that really, I'm going to really commit and be mm-hmm. serious. You know, I went to kind church. Kind of like making your own. Yeah. I went to Winterfest Youth mm-hmm. Camp, played all the church games, you mm-hmm. know, but I wasn't a bad kid, but I really wasn't living sold out yeah. right, like I should. So that moment, I knew that was kind of my. That was my that was my high water mark wow. in life that I responded to the call of God. So Winterfest, yeah, which is very significant because your time in youth ministry yep. and then your time, which we'll talk about later on as the youth director. Yep. So uh, Winterfest has been a big part of your life it from the very been. beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to be at a break before we know it, but I think we have time. Could you share with us? You know, we are a people who believe in the Holy Spirit baptism. Mm-hmm. So share with us your personal experience of the Holy Spirit baptism. So being raised in the church of God, Mm -hmm. dad being a pastor, you know, Sunday morning services, Sunday night revivals, camp meetings, prayer conferences, all that stuff we're always a part of. So around it, it just raised in. It was never foreign to me. It was never weird Mm -hmm. to me. Um, I'm convinced that um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit um, and really didn't realize it. It didn't really manifest until I was a freshman in college. Uh, we were in a convocation service. John Nichols was preaching and uh, just a powerful move of God. And I, I don't even, I, I don't, it wasn't a sermon on the baptism. It wasn't a, a really a service to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was just, I don't remember what it was, what it entailed, but I was in the altar and just started praying and the, there was a prayer language that came, yeah. and it was the, the most unique experience 
uh, and had never the Holy Spirit had never been manifested like that through me. Mm-hmm. I mean that that would be the moment that I really experienced what we call and the refer baptism. to as the baptism with mm-hmm. the evidence of tongues. Right. Uh, obviously, at the moment of conversion, I believe that we are indwelled by the Absolutely. Spirit. Absolutely. Um, but it was almost as if that was there. I just was afraid to ever let that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, at 18 years old, you know, when that happened, it just it was it was life changing. Powerful. Yeah, it was. Lee University. Down in the altar, convocation, yeah. Well, we're up on a break uh, for the Bad Preaching Podcast, but when we come back, would you be willing to share with us some of the details about your call into ministry? Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you all for listening. We'll be right back. Bad Preaching Podcast. Hi, this is Josie. We hope you are enjoying this episode of the Bad Preaching Podcast. Please join Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg each week and enjoy the discussion. Find our weekly sermons on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Nortonsville Church of God or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com. Welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. We're back here with uh, Pastor Travis Gore, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about his call to ministry. Yeah, so I knew from a very young age uh, that I was called to ministry. I recall when I was a little boy dressing up in suits during the week and getting my mom's piano <laughs> bench and my Bible and me and my two brothers, we'd, we'd have church, and I'd be the preacher, and we'd take up offering and the whole deal. So I really, I I don't really have a defining moment that I, you know, the Lord just said, this is what I'm calling you to do. I just, I just knew early on mm-hmm. that God had called mm-hmm. me into ministry. And again, that Winterfest moment when I accepted that call and said, you know, this is, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. Uh, but I just, I just knew early on that God had, had called me to be a preacher. Did you have good results when you preach those uh, little kids' services? Oh, yeah, man. People got healed all the time and saved <laughs> and filled the Spirit. And sometimes me and my brothers would fight over who gets to prove got to preach. Yeah. Did you ever have a season where you didn't want to accept the call uh, before you were 17? You know, I, I don't – I mean, this almost sound like I'm just this, this perfect guy, but I, I don't ever recall. I just knew mm-hmm. that's what I was supposed to do. I never ran from it. I never – you know, and out of my mind, I was going to go, you know, be a communications major, be in sports broadcasting. Mm, okay. You know, that okay. was going to be my, my ultimate, my goal, rather. Um, but that was that was very short-lived, uh, mm. you know, when the Lord, at, at that Winterfest. I just, I knew. And I, just something I just knew I was destined to do. Never really had a, a desire to do anything else, you know. Though you try to chart your course for a minute or two, and I'll yeah. go do communications, and I was like, "What are you doing?" You know, right. you just you know your call. Just, just so surrender to the. call. I never ran from the call. Oh. I just just something. I just was. I was happy to accept and embrace. What would you say to somebody who might be listening that is struggling with a call on their life? What What would you say? Would you say surrender now? I, would, I would say surrender. I would also say that times are much different than they were. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty six years of credentialed ministry that yeah. I that I have, uh, but yeah, there's. You know, you can run and you can try to do something else, but eventually um, God's going to bring you back to what you're supposed to be doing. So it'd be a lot easier to surrender than to run. And and like you're talking times being differently, it doesn't mean that they can't pursue some things on the side to support themselves, but but don't run from the car. Absolutely not. It's good stuff. Absolutely not. Well, we understand, and this was long before Pastor Brad and I were here. We, we might not have even been born yet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Brad may not have been. I don't know. But we understand that you had a very fruitful ministry here at the Nortonsville Church of God. That's our primary audience here on the podcast. Um, so you know, talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, being 
I think it was your first your first full time ministry position. So maybe take us back in time and just anything you'd like to share and yeah. talk about. So when Kelly and I got married in 1996, I started evangelizing. Kept a few preaching appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was back in the day. You'd go preach and stay in people's houses. Right. And uh, <laughs> that was okay for a while. I'm going to tell you, I liked it a little more than Kelly liked it. Um, <laughs> so we ended up, her home church is River Oak and Dam. We were there working as youth volunteers with Jackie and Sherry Poe. And uh, really just had a desire to serve. And uh, Pastor Allison had invited Jackie and Sherry and their youth group to come here and do a youth revival. Uh, Jackie was still doing some youth youth pastor work at River Oak there. And they came and we came with them as chaperones and helped and uh, somehow found out that Pastor Allison was wanting to hire a youth pastor, a, a paid staff. Thurman Collier mm-hmm. was here in a volunteer role for many years. And right. uh, he reached out to Jackie about us. And I don't even know if we had an official interview. We just kind of talked and came up on a Sunday and visited. And uh, I mean, they hired us. And uh, so from 97, 1997 until 2000, um, we, we spent spent three years here wow. uh, at this church. Some of the still some of the greatest memories uh, of ministry that I have. I was 21 <laughs> when they hired me. Uh, green as grass, wow. uh, wet wow. behind the ears. Um, thought I knew everything and had this great, grandiose plan for ministry and found out quickly I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did. Um I don't know if I could have picked a better person to work for during that time. He was, Pastor Allison was so kind uh, and so gracious, uh, had, to, had to reel me in a couple times. <laughs> and uh, But boy, I tell you, the support I had from he and Sister Allison and these people here, you know, and God just, he just blessed what we were doing. Well, that and that was a question on down the line I was going to ask you. So let me just skip to that one. Tell us what was it like to serve under... David and Carol Allison. Yeah. He, if you go look up the word pastor in the dictionary, you'll see David Allison's face. Yes, uh, he just that. knows how to pastor yes, people, he, he especially uh, crisis yeah. moments, mm-hmm. hospital visitation. Uh, I remember uh, when we were here, we had a, a tragic accident that took uh, a grandmother and her two granddaughters. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he he was the one they had asked to preach the, the, the services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember watching him lead through that and just his kindness and yeah. his grace. And we would usually load up in the car once a week, Pastor Alice and myself and a guy named Rensler. Oh yeah. We've heard of Rensler <laughs> plenty of uh, times. We would go to UVA medical center and mm-hmm. he would, he would divide us and up. And wood grill, right? Wood grill or old country buffet after that. <laughs> but that's when I, I learned, I learned how to do hospital visitation under him because he yeah. would, he would say, okay, I'm going to, and he would visit people that didn't even attend here. Right. They were relatives or somebody. We would. And he still does. Pastors the community. <laughs> I'm telling mm-hmm. you. So he would send us. Right. He'd say, I'm going to take this 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 list here. I'm going to go here, and you, Richard, go to this over here. Well, I never made a hospital visit in my life. <laughs> so he had let me go with him some mm-hmm. and watch. You know, he would model. I would watch. And then down the road, he would say, okay, you're going to go make this. And I'd just walk in there. He really taught me a lot of a lot of pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Next to my dad, uh, working with him, um, pastoral care is, I mm-hmm. think, is what he thrives at. Just oh, pastoral care no for people, hurting people. I just, it was just yeah. a blessing. And he was so patient. Man, he should have fired me probably early on, but he was so patient, <laughs> so kind. <laughs> why did you like it here at Norton's? I know why I like it here. Yeah. Pastor Brad knows why he likes it here. Yeah. Uh, but 
just talk about the DNA of the Nortonsville yeah. Church of God and why why so many people like it here. So you know, at twenty one, when you're itching to you know change the world, right, and uh, you're wanting to do big ministry somewhere, uh, I was just thinking tonight driving in. Uh, how I really took for granted some of our time here. You know, it takes you looking back to go, man, that was, and even when we were here, we knew it was a good place. Mm-hmm. But when you're mm-hmm. gone and you come back, you go, man, I wish I knew at 21 what I know at 46. Now. Right, right. Just the people, man, they just, you know, the, the dinners after service and the apple butter and yeah. uh, just all of those special moments. It's just the people that, that make Nortonsville what it is. Yeah. Just their, you know, their support and their love and their care, you know, for me and Kelly. And I mean, Pastor Appreciation Day, Christmas, it was like you had multiple pastors because they would load our our car up with gifts and, you know, and give us money and just so, so good to us. I mean, it's just, it's the people of this community that make it that make it what it is. You don't get any more genuine, kind Christian people than you find in Nortonsville. Amen and amen. Pastor Brad and I totally agree with that, Mm -hmm. man. Just, I say it many times, it's a beautiful place in yes. terms of the scenery. Oh, man. Gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Gorgeous through here, but beautiful people. The yeah. people are just as beautiful and as I the And I can't landscape. tell you the times I complained when I had to drive a half hour to pick up pizza in Charlotte's Hill and have to drive <laughs> all the way back. But then as you're older yeah. and you come, you go, man, this is just, you know. And when yeah. I heard he, when I heard Brad was coming to do intern work here, mm-hmm. and then when you guys hired him, I thought, I told Kelly, he could not have picked a better first place of ministry. Not at all. Yeah, it's and a lot of ministers have come through Nortonsville Church you. of God, and we could go down the list of folks. Oh, yeah, I'm afraid I would miss somebody, but a lot of, lot of people who are, are very fruitful in very ministry across so. this state right now, but have been through this place. This church has been a launching pad. Yes, uh, really a, yes. A, a place that guys got their start and have gone on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll name a few. Yeah. You know, you got guys like Dave Webb, the right. pastor now, and yep. Roger Moore, yes, who's pastoring now. Um, I mean, just guys like that that have come through here. Thurman Collier, Thurman Collier, got it. I mean, his roots are here. Lindsay, you know, Lindsay, yep. uh, you know, and then Jacob is here, yeah. and there was a kid coming yep. up through youth camp. So just such That's a right. testament to the greatness of this church. It really is. is. It, I think it's a special calling upon the church, but yeah. I think it's also because of the special people, mm-hmm. and that works hand in hand. Uh, this has been wonderful, and I appreciate you taking your time to yeah. to be on this podcast. We have probably four more topics that we were, would love to talk to you about. Yeah. Would, would you be willing to come back and do one more podcast? Absolutely. I'd love do to. Do we have to add to the honorarium or anything? <laughs> no honorarium needed. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, hey, everybody, uh, come back next week and listen again for part two with Bishop Travis Gore. And you'll just enjoy the conversation. Thank you for listening today to the Bad Preaching Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Join us next week on the Bad Preaching (laughs) Podcast.